back to Romans chapter seven, right? So um, <clears throat> gonna finish this section, right? So um, Paul is talking about is uh, the, the conflict with sin. Verse 13, therefore did that which is good become death to me, may it never be, rather it was sin in order that it might be recognized as sin producing death so, uh, through what is good for me in order that sin might become sinful to an extraordinary degree through the commandment. So essentially, all it's saying is that the law produced death. This is, there's some repetition here. I talked about that last week is that what God wants us to do is um, keep the law, right? But the law is, that is almost a self-defeating proposition for the simple reason being because of the sinful nature and because we are in rebellion to God, God is asking us to do something that we cannot do. You know, it would be like me saying to Sandy, Sandy, draw me a square circle. Well, there's no such thing as a square circle. It cannot be done. It's a contradiction in terms, right? It's a dichotomy, an oxymoron. Nothing exists, and it's just like a sinner. As it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Can a sinful man keep God's law? So that's why he says that, therefore, that which is good became death to me. May it never be. It's, you know, it's just like dropping, you know, telling a baby to lift this 10-ton weight. It cannot be. It's dead to that baby if his life depends on it. May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be recognized as sin, producing death through what is good for me in order that sin might become sinful to an extraordinary degree through the commandment. So the law was never really meant to be kept. What the law was designed to do for man was to inform man that you can't keep it. So if I know that I can't keep something that I need to do, right, I need to find another strategy, another way to keep this, right? I mean, well, I can, can never keep it, but the only other way, of course, when we get in there, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, sold into slavery, to sin, right? Our sinful nature brings us into bondage to sin. For what I am, I'm doing, I do not understand, because what I want to do, this I do not practice. But what I I hate, this I do. So there's a pull, right? All of us have this pull to things that um, are. Uh, um, in uh, uh, contradiction to God. But if what 
I do not want to do, this I do. I agree with the law that it is good. So he's saying, I agree, this is good, but I still don't want to do it. I still, yeah, it's good, but I still don't want to do it. But now... Pastor, we can't hear you. He'll jump back on. How about now? Yeah, we got gotcha. you. Okay. So, um, so, so, okay. So for what I am doing, I do not understand where I want to do this. I do not practice, but what I ate, this I do. So what I was going to say, right, uh, uh, kids, you nobody's ever seen a kid. Kids don't misbehave, right, um, because no kid ever says, well, the things that you want me to do, parents, they're not good. No, the kids just want to be bad, right? They know what the parents want them to do is good. They just don't want to be good. You know, and that's what Paul is saying here, right? You know, no kid has ever said, well, what you're asking me to do, there, dad, come in at 10 o'clock, keep a curfew, that's bad. No, it's good, but they want to do bad. But what, but if what I do, so verse 16, what if I do not, if I do not want to do this, I do agree with a lot that is good, but now I'm no longer the one doing it but sin that lives in me. He's always talking about sin taking on this life of its own. You know what takes on a life of its own, folks? It's cancer. Cancer takes on a life of its own. And what happens, right, is that it replicates. There's an alien life living inside of you. It replicates. The cells change. When they showed, I had a humongous pack of lymph nodes, and they showed me normal lymph nodes, which are round. Mine were like kidney beans. So the cancer essentially even changed the shape, the contours of the cells themselves. So there's an alien invading your life, right? When you've got cancer, well, that's exactly the same way with sin, right? And that's what Paul is talking about here is, um, is something. For I know that God does not live in me. That is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. Sin is pulling him in a different direction. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I do. So look what he's saying. He's saying, right, that there's a good that I want to do, I should do, but I do not do it. 
but this evil power in me that I don't want to do, I'm doing it, right? But if I, if what I do not want to do, this I am doing, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that lives in me. And so when I say... We can't hear you, Pastor. I think, I think that adversary doesn't want us to hear your message. We'll just have to wait. That's what God's teaching me, patience. No. Unmute, unmute, Pastor. Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah. So, 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 like, uh, when I had cancer, there was a day I'll never, ever forget. Oh, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. I slept. In fact, actually, you know, it wasn't like I found a lump or anything like that with my cancer. I was so exhausted, so exhausted, sleeping may go to the gym for 30 minutes and sleep all day. I said, something's wrong. And that's when I went to get it checked out. But that wasn't me. That wasn't my body. That was the cancer inside of me. And this is what Paul is talking about here. For the good I want to do, I do not do. But the evil I, I do not want to do, this I do. For if what I do not want to do, this I am doing. I am no longer the one doing it, but sin that lives in me. I am no longer the one exhausted. I remember when I had cancer, I used to wake up exhausted. I've slept and I used to sleep so long, 12 hours, 13 hours, and I was still exhausted. But that wasn't me. That wasn't my body. That was the cancer inside of me. Consequently, I find the principle with me, the one who wants to do good, that evil is present with me. So he is talking about, I want to do good. I know I want to do good. This is the good is the right thing to do, but there's an evil present. For I joyfully agree with the law of God in my inner person. But I observe another law, it's like that cancer, in my members at war with the law of my mind. And making me captive to the law of sin that exists in my members that want to drive. Okay, we can't hear you again, Pastor. I don't know what's going on with the computer, something. Sorry, everybody, but I, has everybody, or is it just me that has lived that, that verse? I don't want to do these things, but man, I keep doing them over and over again. I, I, I hope I'm not the only person. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> no, no, I want to do what's right. want to do what's right, but oh my gosh, I keep seeing going that way. You know, like the little kid that's eating the milk and the cookies after mama told them not to touch it. 
You got the milk and the cookie all over them. No, mommy, I didn't eat any. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the story of my life too. (laughs) I get it. Believe me. I know we want to do good, but there's something innately in us that no matter how hard you want to go to the good side, it's always that little bit of a pull. Yes, yes. Yes. And it, and it says, but it is sin living in me. I guess it's like them two natures, you know, even though we're born again. Yes. You know, and uh, I'm just trying to talk until pastor comes on, but you know, if you was on a couple of one, I don't know, last week sometime when he said the experiences that we lived for the last 25 years, say with doing alcohol or whatever, and then we get into it, we're not doing it for a month or two months it's so easy to fall back because that's the experience of our life. That's like that sin nature in us. It's easy to go to the way of least resistance. So, okay, here he comes. Let's see. I think he has a second computer in his house. So. Yeah. Okay. All right, pastor, we got you. Yep. So, um, so look, so what Paul is saying is that the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that exists in my members. Then what he says, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, so then I myself with my mind, I'm enslaved to the law of God, but with my flesh, I'm enslaved to the law of sin. Notice that he didn't mention Jesus Christ all through that passage of text from verse 13 all the way down to verse 25. So Jesus, remember those movies where the cavalry comes in right at the end? That's kind of Jesus now. In other words, there's no hope, right? Wretched man. There I am. The Lord has just told me, all it's told me is I cannot do what God wants me to do, so I'm condemned. How am I going to live any kind of life where I know I am just waiting to go to hell? So talk about between a rock and a hard place. But really, but thanks be to the Calvary, Jesus Christ. And look what he said, wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? So, so in Tarsus, Tarsus is modern-day Turkey. So in Tarsus, if you kill someone, what would happen is they would strap that person's body to your body. That person would be decaying. All of the fluids would be coming out. It was called the body of death. And that's what Paul is actually saying now is this body of death without Jesus Christ. But then look where he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So without Jesus Christ, you've got this body of death. You've got this condemnation hanging over you. Guess how Paul starts the next chapter of Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation because the cavalry has come now, because Jesus has come now. The rescuer 
has come now. So before Jesus, there was condemnation. You, you know, here it is. Here's the law. My word. Here's my righteous requirements. And if you don't meet this, oh, my word. There is a judgment at the end. What a life, right? But now Jesus comes in. And because of Christ, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. We'll get into that Romans chapter 8 next week, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. But in this, in this, what I want you, you guys to actually see, right, is that really there is something that is working against us and even if you are a christian right that thing that is working against you that sinful nature that adamic nature is a natural propensity it's a natural propensity to do the wrong thing it's a natural propensity to want to gossip and not do what's right it's very, very easy to do the wrong thing. It's a not very, 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 very natural propensity, right? Um, and But here's what I need you to actually see, is that that power of Christ enables us now to overcome the power of the enemy because here's what the enemy does so remember we have three enemies sin self and satan right satan already knows what's inside of us right all he does is provide the temptation that will seduce what is already inside of us. We read that word, right, the word of God, so that we can keep that part of us dead, the Adamic part, and the part of us, the spirit, alive. And we're going to get into that. In Romans 8, all of this is going to make sense. The spiritual life, the walk in the spirit is Romans chapter 8. When we get into that, a lot of this, what we've talked about so far, actually is going to make sense because the section, remember I did from, um, I think it was like a Romans 1 all the way up to uh, Romans chapter 5. Well, then from 5, it goes to Romans chapter 8, and that's the spiritual life. And in Romans chapter 9 to 11, then that's one section where Paul is essentially talking about the Jews in that section. Then we get into, and that's how Romans works. It's broken down into sections, right? But in, in this in this section, what Paul is wants us to realize, and it's important to realize, is that without Jesus Christ, I am helpless. 
So I know I need my daily dependence upon Christ every single day. Our lives are going to be zero, right, without Christ. They are going to be hero if we depend upon Christ. This is why, folks, this daily reading is not an exercise in futility. This daily reading, you're doing it diligently, right? The end result of that, you won't even believe it. If you don't do it, that, you know, Christian walk is not going to amount to much. But if you do it, if you are diligent to do this, really, who knows what the end result is going to be. It's all based on Christ, how much you feed that part of your nature or how much you don't. If you feed the flesh, let me tell you what you get, absolutely zero. If you feed the spirit, well, let me tell you something. There is no ceiling on what your life can be. And is what I'm going to say to everyone now, every single person here on this line, no exceptions, self-included, of course. In fact, I throw myself in there first. I seen what their life will be by feeding the flesh. Not one of us has really seen what our life can be by feeding the spirit. I'm telling you, you have not. You have not. It is, you know, it says that uh, uh, um, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God has got. Like, I'm telling you, you do not know. I am going to say to you every day, tell yourself when you wake up, that part of yourself that Paul is saying, the thing that I don't want to do, you know, I'm doing. Tell yourself that that part of myself that's causing me to do things that I don't want to do, that's going to result in zero I am going to get that under control. Paul said it himself, I die daily. That's getting that part of himself under control, really. So the part of himself that is limitless, that is limitless, can essentially have ascendancy. You don't have to do anything uh, to that part of yourself that is limited. That's the natural you. That's how you roll. That's the part of yourself that has been in the world. I don't care how long you say you've been a Christian. You function, function mostly in that part of yourself that's limited. I am talking about, just start thinking about this now, about having a limitless life. Just that my life can be limitless. Here's where the enemy comes now. This whole idea of sin, self, and Satan. Now, that's not for you. What do we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to judge our present and our future by how we've already lived. 
right? That, that's what we have a tendency to do. So most people, right, are not going to be shooting for a limitless life. Most people are shooting for just a little bit more than what they've already had. No, get that out of your mind. There is no ceiling on this, really. The Apostle Paul would never, at the time he came to God, destroying the church, that you are going to be this man remembered for all the ages as the one building the church. Only God can do that. Only God can take away the stain of somebody committing murder, right? And us to be thinking about him as a great man. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with it. If, a man, if God can do that, it's limitless what God can do. Really, if God can do that, if God can take a man with mental disorders who is a walking DSM and is using that man to help others cure mental disorder, and it really, it's be God's ways are past finding out. They are past finding out. And I just say this because we have a propensity to just shoot for a little bit more than what we've already had. No, not at all. Not at all. No, in fact, it's like, get the ceiling off. Get the doors open. There should be no cap on this because you don't know what God wants to do in your life. Let's not think logically about this. Let's not think naturally about this. Let's think supernaturally about this, really. Let's think supernaturally. I know if I say, you know, you are limitless, the, the tendency is for most people to bring logic to that. And it's not a logical statement. It's not a natural statement. It's a supernatural statement because we're dealing with a supernatural power that is being deposited in us. This power is able, enables us to be able to do what we cannot do naturally, then it's supernatural power. Well, that's just the start of it, being able to get the grace of God, being able to become saved. Now that we are saved, let's shoot for the limitless life. You know, there was a, um, when I was a kid, there was a song by the Eagles. It was, I don't know if anybody ever seen it. Take it to the limit one more time. Ever heard that song? Beautiful song. You know, take it to the limit. That's really what God wants to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is meant to do, right? To take us to the limit. I know this because I can connect this to what's in Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in there for uh, a few weeks. We are more than conquerors, right? That's a supernatural statement, right? Uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8 verse 13 says that we have the power to put the deeds of the flesh to death, right? So we can take it to the limit. The 
enemy. Understand one thing. There's two things going on, as Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about two pulls going on. The flesh was against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. One, the flesh is natural. The other one is supernatural. One, the enemy is trying to entice. The other one, God is, wants us to be empowered by, right? And if you think about it, this was the temptation that Satan brought to Christ. If you be the son of God, you know, turn these rocks into bread, trying to get him to feed his flesh, trying to get him to feed the lower part of him. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, man does not live by his flesh. Man lives by his spirit. It's the spirit that gets fed. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits us nothing. And that's what we have to get into the habit of feeding. And you have to, every single person here has to say, my own nature, what I know has failed me. You have to get that, fully accept that in your spirit. Don't listen to the enemy's lies of pride. You can still do it. I'm going to do it my way, Frank Sinatra. As Frank Sinatra is like, no, you're not going to do it your way. You're going to do it God's way. <laughs> going to do it God's way. Really. Really.